Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Flagship Podcast. I am joined by the, uh, the managing editor, the Grand Poobah, the chief bottle washer, the, uh, the brains behind the operation, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chip. How about you? Oh, my goodness. I'm just trying to stay safe and keep the faith. That's, that's all we can do. Yes. And ride this wave to the end, um, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> Taylor, um, an unbelievable week we have to talk about for sure. We've got a great guest too. Um, my, my goodness, the one and only Nate Boyer. Uh, he is certainly right in the middle of all of the social conscience conversation going on right now uh, with regard to Colin Kaepernick and what exactly did he say to Kaepernick in their conversations about whether to kneel or for Kaepernick to sit on the bench. We'll hear it all from Nate Boyer, and we'll go in depth into who he is. How did he come um, to join our U.S. military special forces and, and become um, a man who uh, served his country at the highest level and, and then had a dream of playing college football, did that at Texas, and, and now finds himself here? Um, because he's gotten as much pushback. Well, he's gotten a lot of pushback. Let's put it that way for his recommendation to, to Colin Kaepernick um, to kneel uh, during the national anthem as opposed to sit on the bench. So, Taylor, we got a lot, uh, and then a lot has happened on campus. We'll get to that as well with uh, black student-athletes at Texas across multiple sports filing a two-page demand letter last Friday of of the administration to make um, on-campus changes to be more inclusive, including uh, replacing the eyes of Texas. So uh, there's not too much to talk about right not now. Not much at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I feel like every day we wake up, we're like, okay, what's going to happen today? You know, with just different, you know, changes in society, changes going on at Texas. Um, but yeah, the student athlete, you know, we'll get into that more, especially with Nate, but that list of demands that came out were a little surprising, some of them. Um, I think a lot of people have been really surprised about the Eyes of Texas aspect of that. Uh, Chip, you and I and our staff will all give a little behind the scenes here at Horns 24-7. We heard first about that um, shortly after, the day after, actually, Brennan Eagles had tweeted that he was never going to play another snap at the University of Texas until changes were made. Um, I had a couple of sources confirm that to me. And and, uh, and you had sources confirm that to you as well. And so we've seen it now in writing. You know, we, uh, it's just kind of an interesting time. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's good to see student athletes at least using their voice and their platform to try to make change in society. And I think they're realizing that they do have a platform to do that right now. Absolutely. It's been fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, we've seen already some changes happening at Iowa. Um, and then you had the, the action of the, the black student athletes at Texas on Friday and Kellen Mond is over at A&M trying to get a statue taken down. And, and then of course, Mike Gundy uh, were recording on Tuesday and that blew up on Monday. Mike Gundy photographed doing some fishing in a, in an OAN or, whatever it is, uh, network t-shirt 
And that set off his running back, his star running back, um, Chuba Hubbard, who said, I'm not playing. I'm not taking part in anything at Oklahoma State until there are all caps changes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they met uh, for some video that looked about as comfortable and natural as a $3 bill. But <laughs> I, 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 here we are, Taylor. I mean, you know, we had Marvin Wilson last week calling out new head coach at Florida State, Mike Norvell, for saying that Norvell had reached out individually to every member of the team. And Marvin Wilson's like, that's a lie. He sent us a group text. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, every word is being watched and every action's being watched right now by a a super empowered um, student, student athlete. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and then even away from that whole situation going on right now, Chip, Texas has officially begun voluntary workouts. Last week, the players started checking in. There there were, I believe, believe, what was it, 75 uh, or so student athletes were the first wave that came through, spent the first week going through COVID-19 testing, the education, the extensive education, as Texas explained it, um, to the safety and health protocols that will be in place and in effect throughout these uh, voluntary summer workouts. But now those players are starting to work out while the second wave of players are coming to campus doing their COVID testing, doing their education and extensive education training and all of that. So there is actually football on the horizon a little bit, at least workouts. And I'm not sure how it'll work with if they'll do, you know, any team seven on seven or anything like that for the voluntary workouts. But, um, you know, the players are back and they're back getting back into the grind um, after spending the last several months working out remotely, um, whether it was home or with trainers um, completely on their own. Yeah. Group one, um, the student athletes, the football student athletes who came in last week were primarily those who had been abroad, like away from Austin and were coming in from um, other states or out of town. And then this week, it's the football student athletes who've been living in and around Austin um, who basically have, you know, off campus housing where they live during the school year and then the incoming freshmen and newcomers. So uh, that's how they divided it up. And um, like we said, it is uh, Tuesday we're recording. And as of right now, I'm hearing no positive tests in group two. But again, the testing started yesterday and you need, you know, for the the type of tests that Texas is doing, they say they, they get the results in 48 hours. I think they come back sooner than that. But that's uh, that's where we are at this point, Taylor. So you're right. And remember, they're working out now in these three outdoor tents that were constructed so that they could keep, um, you know, roommates together going through in groups and and then, um, you know, socially distance and then also, um, you know, keep the three workout areas far enough apart that you can have more people going through working out at a time. So it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Tom Herman, um, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we had a press conference with Tom Herman, Sam Ellinger, and Caden Stearns last Thursday, right before, the day before, um, the Texas Black student athletes, um, you know, issued their demands. And, um, 
you know, Tom Herman uh, was talking about the uh, the incredible empowerment of of these student athletes and and getting them back on campus. And Sam Ellinger, the same. Sam seemed really confident to me in his ability to grasp the offense and his belief in Mike Yersich and the leadership, the number of returning players that Texas has, 16 uh, returning starters. And he just sounded confident. He, he said, you know, our mental aspect is going to be on point. The football, he, I don't even worry about, he said. Right. Well, I mean, should they? Like, let's right. think about the amount of talent that's on that roster. At this point, if they're worried, then there's deeper problems that Texas fans need to prepare for. So this is what you would expect from, at least in my opinion, from a team with this many veteran players. And Tom Herman has said a few times now, you know, the good thing that happened from 2019 of having so many inexperienced players is, well, now they're experienced. And, you know, this is a time where there's really no excuses for youth or inexperience, barring any, you know, significant injuries or anything like that. Um, at key positions. So I think that, you know, hearing Sam be confident is definitely a positive thing. I would have been very surprised otherwise, because then we probably would have had to start digging like what's going on here, you know, with this. Um, but, you know, another thing, Chip, we've had a little bit of a change too to our show. As uh, some people know, we are now available on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel as a video. So you can see Chip's beautiful face every uh, week now by going over and subscribing um, to the 24 7 no, we'll be, we'll be looking at you, Taylor. <laughs> YouTube channel. <laughs> and, uh, Trust me on that. <laughs> no, no. The ghost over here, the ghost of Christmas present, I guess. We're working on, <laughs> we're working on Taylor's lighting. She's got to yeah. monitor the size of the Hubble telescope in her. Yeah, it's great. Studio. It's great when you have to work late nights, but in front of a camera, I'm like, why am I gray? <laughs> like, what's going on? But um, yeah, so head For those of you who don't know what the Hubble telescope is, Google it. <laughs> so go ahead and check out the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe to that if you uh, are you know, more into watching videos. And then also make sure to subscribe to our Horns 24-7 uh, podcast channel over on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating and review if you like our show. Um, our bosses will like us a lot if we get those ratings, so we'd really appreciate that. But I'm excited to finally be able to announce that we're doing this video since we've behind the scenes been working through it for the last few weeks and we haven't really been able to say much about it until we had the finished product you know, live. So it's pretty cool, right Chip? Oh yeah, we, uh, our man Charles Amenahu helped us yeah. make our debut, but um, we've, uh, we have video recorded our, our podcast interviews with Emmanuel Acho, Sam Acho, um, in addition to Charles Amenahu and, and Nate Boyer today. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, look us up. Look us up on that 24-7 uh, Sports YouTube channel. Just subscribe so that it's, it's popping up on your Facebook page, um, you know, right there, ready and waiting for you. Yes, absolutely. And one other, you know, piece of news, Chip, is uh, – True, fre or I guess redshirt freshman wide receiver Kennedy Lewis, who was basically serving a little bit of a suspension, I guess you would call it, for the spring, is now back with the team. Um, our guy Jeff Howe at Horns 24-7 wrote that story last night. So that's a positive news, especially with, you know, with um, Brennan Eagles. He is, from what I've heard, you know, with the team and engaged in that. However, you know, he still hasn't come out and said that, 
he is going to play a snap at Texas. So not having, you know, the possibility of him possibly not playing definitely helps, I think, having Kennedy Lewis return. So there's at least another body at the position. Right, because Kennedy Lewis is a bigger receiver, right. a la Brendan Eagles, um, Tariq Black, the grad transfer from Michigan, also a bigger bodied receiver uh, who could play the X. And, um, and so, yeah, Kennedy Lewis is a guy they, they have high hopes for um, because he's got, he's got speed, he's got size. And, and we know that's the lethal combination if, if Mike Yerstich can drop some plays uh, for Sam Ellinger to get comfortable with some new receivers, obviously after having Devin Duvernay and Colin Johnson move on to the NFL. So that is significant news in my opinion, Taylor. Um, you know, Kennedy Lewis is a guy they need in addition to Josh Moore coming back from a year of suspension, mm -hmm. they need, um, they need Kennedy Lewis and Josh Moore to both be impact guys. And of course we don't know about Brendan Eagles and, he had six touchdown catches last year, some really big explosive plays. He's the top returning pass catcher for Texas um, in 2020. So you need as much depth at that receiver position as, as you can get right now. Yeah. And there is depth right there. You know, there are a lot of options available. However, it's just none of them have been the guy. You know, Sam has had Colin Johnson. He had Devin DuVernay. He had the two of them actually technically a part of the offense for, you know, back to back to back years. Uh, Devin DuVernay really came on the scene as a senior, but he was, you know, what still one of the more reliable, um, you know, I guess, players right. in the position, you know. He didn't, he didn't drop a pass the previous <laughs> season. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, Sam will have to get, you know, break some of these guys in, but. There's Jake Smith on the roster, as you mentioned, Josh Moore. Um, I'm trying Jordan to Whittington. Jordan Whittington. Yeah, he's going back from the backfield to receiver. I mean, there's a lot of weapons just now. It's just which ones are going to be the ones that take the field and are the most reliable. Yeah. Well, Taylor, it's been a it's been a big week. We'll uh, we'll get into some of this um, with the uh, black student demands and including replacing the eyes of Texas. We'll get in to some of that um, when we do our love it or leave it segment to end the show. That is can't miss podcasting right there. Kids, you don't want to miss it. Yes. Yeah. Where we kind of roast each other sometimes too. So that's a good part oh, yeah. of the show. You grew, up, you grew up with brothers who yeah. all played like professional baseball. So yeah. I'm, I'm nothing compared to them. Yeah. I'm like speed bag. There's a reason why my nickname growing up was T-Bone and it was because I had a soccer coach that once said, one time told me, or he actually told my parents at first that your daughter is as tough as a T-bone steak. <laughs> and it's like, well, you can thank my brothers for that for sure. So. Well, and when your dad played for the Miracle Mets and scored the game-winning run in game four of that World Series, you know, it's not like you have a lot to live up to, Taylor. Oh, yeah, no pressure. And then my brother was a first-round draft pick, uh, number 18th overall in 94, so... I'm the scrub, I guess, of the family, the Gasper family, but, you know. Hey, but are they on YouTube? Also. Are they on YouTube right now? Are they on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel? I don't think so. I don't know. My brother now is fighting fires for the Los Angeles Fire Department. So. Oh, God bless him. Yeah, so he, uh, you know, I, I always support, you know, first responders and especially firemen. And, yeah, so he's a... Uh, he has a difficult job now, too. So, so again, no pressure, you know. First round right. traffic to a guy who runs into burning buildings it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well 
Should we, uh, should we bring on the, the star of the show? Yes, yes. So uh, we're really excited that Nate Boyer was able to join us this week. And as Chip had mentioned in the intro, you know, he's a, a war veteran, a war hero, a uh, former Green Beret and Bronze Star recipient from his time in the military. So let's bring in Nate Boyer. Uh, joined now by uh, Nate Boyer. And Nate, um, first and foremost, I always want to thank you uh, for your service to this country um, in special forces. And um, you've, you've been such a, um, you know, such a, a voice of reason um, for uh, a lot of things, especially right now, as it pertains to where we are in this country. And um, and I do, I do want you to, to tell folks um, that Colin Kaepernick reached out to you. Is that right? And uh, you, yeah, yeah, Colin, yeah, Colin reached out. Well, I mean, I wrote an open letter, first, right, right. So you know that was uh, published, and then you know he read it, um, and was just inspired by my story, and also the fact that I was saying, hey, look, like I don't maybe necessarily agree with everything you're saying or doing, and this is my this is my perspective and my why I stand, why I feel the way that I do, but not you and uh, you know i i shouldn't pretend to know what you're feeling or going through or experiencing or, or what you're or who you're standing up for and he respected that so he he ended up calling me um you know like the, the day after the letter came out actually because of that because of what it was saying and, and i think he, he felt like it would be an opportunity that we should sit down and chat and just kind of talk through stuff and you know it's an opportunity for him to kind of learn and grow as well and also share with me face to face like you know everything that he's doing and why and and you said hey how about kneeling because it's what military do when they have a fallen comrade and and i mean take us through what you told him yeah i mean i, I wanted him to stand i still want him to stand i want everybody to stand when you get them played um but i want them to do it you know, because they feel the same way that I do, of course. And the reality was that he wasn't going to. He told he told America, I'm not going to stand for, you know, with, with pride uh, for the flag of a country that oppresses black people and people of color. I don't think the flag oppresses black people and people of color. I don't, I don't think that that temple necessarily does that. But I understand what he's saying. You know, what he's saying is like, or what he was sort of alluding to and what he kind of cleaned up and explained better later was, look, this is not about offending uh, or trying to hurt people in the military. This is about, you know, that flag to be freedom and justice for all, equality for all. And I don't feel that it is for all people. Uh, and I think one of the one of the groups of people that, that are not being represented uh, equally are black people, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's what he was saying. That's why he's doing what he's doing. And so you can argue this up and down all day. Yes, you've had you know, the, the uh, abolishment of slavery. Yes, we've had the civil rights movement. We've had a lot of growth in our country over the years, right? We are not a perfect nation and um, we've come a long way, but it's not like just fixed because, you know, there's no legal segregation anymore. It's not like racism doesn't exist. Yeah, inequality doesn't exist. Um, I mean, look at the criminal justice system, you know, and and uh, the, the way that, that uh, the way that things are sort of handled and, and the, the people that shouldn't be protected in certain situations. And a lot of that's been, you know, just over the last two weeks, it's come to light for a lot of people. And it's been, you know, there's been adjustments been made. 
So like, that's what it's about for him. That's what he's talking about. It's not about, it's not necessarily even about the flag, you know, um, that was the impetus for him doing what he did because that symbol he felt wasn't representing uh, equally, but it's not like, it's not like he's kneeling until we change the flag to something else. That's right. not what it's about. It's right. About, it's about the people. You know, it's about the country and, and what, uh, what the flag is representing. Right. And that rhetoric that sort of got the conversation from what Colin Kaepernick was standing for, the you know, police brutality and social injustice got, got moved to the flag. And, and there was some backlash for you as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, and not nearly as much as Colin and probably many, many others. Uh, but yeah, there still is, man. I'm still just today, you know, every day. There's a, a new story that comes out. Somebody sort of takes a piece of something I said or stood for or whatever it is. And it's like they're trying to push, push, push me into a certain narrative or take a side or whatever. And so I get backlash, ironically, from um very conservative people and very liberal people because they read something or see something um, and they just make a judgment about me. When in reality, I'm, I'm about as moderate as anybody I know. I'm very, I'm very in the middle. Uh, I, I, I support, uh, I support rights more than anything, you know, and I stand for, uh, you know, I took an oath to defend the constitution. That's what we all did in the military. And obviously the first amendment is freedom of speech, freedom of expression. And I support that. I don't always like it. There's certain things people say and do. I don't like uh, but it is their right. It is their freedom. Um, and that's what is great about this country. It's just a matter of like, can people, can we get past the gestures and, and listen to the why and focus on that? Um, that's what I'm more interested in. Uh, yet it, it seems that that's not, that's not, that's not what interests a lot of the country and honestly, a lot of the media. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it's tough. It puts me in a difficult position, but I'll take it, man. I'll take verbal abuse. I don't care. It, it doesn't bother me that much um, because I know there's a lot more people that stay silent. And there's also a lot of people that have voiced it uh, that are very supportive of what I'm trying to do, you know, because I, I and just get it's just getting people to listen and respect one another and, you know, fix these things together because these are issues they are real issues where our country is not perfect. We can't just sit here. Well, I, this is what I believe, in my opinion. We can't just sit here and be OK with being being, I still think we're the, great, the best country in the world, but we could do a lot better. And just being good enough is like, that's not okay with me. And it shouldn't be, in my opinion, for, for any American. Like, that's why we're great. We, we, we are exceptional. You know, people kind of poke at us for that. They're like, oh, American exceptionalism, uh, exceptional, exceptionalism. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that is, that, that's why we are, that we, why we are so great. Why we have such great innovators. And we, we, we live in such a diverse country and we're the most uh, charitable country in the world, you know, and we're not without uh, our problems. Like our education needs to be better. So many, you know, our healthcare system, um, obviously uh, criminal justice, uh, there's so much that needs reform and fixing, but like we, we, we try to do it. We try to work on it. We don't just settle. And so I, I don't, I don't want to settle in this respect either. Nate, I've known you for years since you were a football player at Texas and um, you know, Tell the, I think it's important for people to know you, the person, and how you came to uh, join the military and, and go on to become uh, a Green Beret. Yeah, I appreciate that, Chip. I, uh, that's a bit, pretty important part of my life. You know, my early 20s, um, I didn't go to college right after high school. 
I was sort of spinning my wheels. I was, uh, I just didn't know really who I was. I mean, nobody knows who they are when they're in their early twenties. Let's be honest. But uh, right. I, I wasn't. I, I had I had no purpose, man. I, I I wasn't really pursuing anything that made me feel uh, of value in any way. So um, I remember uh, this was you know a couple, and it's, it's after nine eleven. Nine eleven happened uh, when I was nineteen or twenty. I was twenty years old. Nine eleven happened, so it's, it's you know it's three years after that now, and I considered the military, but hadn't you know taken that leap because I was like ah, I just don't really know what I do, and I didn't have a lot of self worth. I didn't think I was good, you know, to, uh, maybe tough enough, or I just didn't know. And uh, and I went, I, I read this Time magazine article about the tragedy in Sudan, uh, the the genocide in uh, it was called the tragedy in Sudan, and it was about the genocide in the Darfur region where there had been 400,000 people already murdered um, because, you know, they slightly different shade of, of skin color and believe, you know, in a slightly different form of, of probably the same religion in some ways. And it was like, it was awful. And I just couldn't believe that that would, that stuff like that would happen in our world today. So I, I started calling all the NGOs that were over there because I was reading about how they were understaffed uh, at the refugee camps. And I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll go over there. I'll find myself over there. I want to volunteer. I want to help. Um, can I go? And they all told me no, because I didn't have, you know, a degree. I didn't have any special skills. It takes like six months vetting process. There's all this red tape. And I was like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm reading about how you guys need people. They're like, we do need people. We need bodies bad, but it's just, it's just not that simple. And I was like, screw that. It is that simple. I'm going to find a way over there. So I bought, I went to the AAA in Burbank <laughs> And I bought a plane ticket to Chad, the neighboring country where the refugee camps were just across the Sydney's border. And I flew over there. I talked my way onto a UN flight and was basically a stowaway uh, out to where the camps were. I got interrogated because I thought I was CIA or something. And all this stuff happened. But I convinced them just through pure honesty and passion of like why I was there. And I was like, look, I got a visa to be here for 60 days. Uh, put me to work. Just put me to work. I'll sleep wherever. I don't need a place. I'll figure it out. And they did. And I did. You know, I, I, I slept with the people out there under the stars. And every day I played soccer with the kids. And I assisted in the medical centers. And I dug, I dug ditches and build, uh, built refugee campsites. Spent time with, the, I mean, it's mostly women and children. I spent time with the women um, and, you know, helping them anywhere, any way I could. Um, and just the, the, the elderly, there's a lot of elderly there too, just sitting around, you know, communicating with them through an interpreter and, and learning about, you know, where they're coming from. They all wanted to hear about America. So sharing about that, I just became really patriotic actually being over there because they were, they were so proud that an American would leave here to go over there and help them. And my last week there, I got malaria and I, I was really sick and I was up there. I got put up by this family in this bed and they put a little radio next to the, to the cot. And it only got, uh, first of all, he gave me a Bob Marley tape. So I played Bob Marley both sides of the tape like three times. I'm sick of Bob Marley as much as I love him. But I, so I started flipping through the stations. The only station they got was the BBC News. And it was like the second battle of Fallujah was happening right then. And it's a, it was a, one of the most epic battles in the, in, the, in the global war on terror. And I'm listening to the play-by-play of like these brave Marines that were going over there and uh, you know, risking everything for these people that they don't know. Um, and trying to liberate them. And I came back to the States. I found out about the Army Special Forces, and their motto was uh, to free the oppressed. And 
I, you know, I heard it's, the training very intense. It's very hard, but you do, there's a big humanitarian part of that mission as well as, you know, of course the door kicking badass part that we all hear about and see in movies. And so that just felt perfect for me. And I, I went to the recruiter. I told him it's this or nothing. I want to be a green beret. And I signed up and, you know, went off to basic and, you know, it was through those two years from basic to airborne school to special forces selection and the qualification course that I, in a lot of ways, I felt like I became a man. I mean, it made a man out of me. It was, uh, you, you just have to give everything you have and go on or percent all the way, or you're not going to make it, you know, you're either going to quit or they're going to identify that you aren't the right type of person for the job. And, um, it completely changed me as a person too, you know, and, and I'm very fortunate to, to do that, to have that opportunity. And there's no way I would have thought in a million years I'd be able to walk on the University of Texas if I didn't make it as a Green Beret. I think that that gave me the confidence to just sort of go for it from there. Well, and what's your, you know, we've got to have a conversation. I mean, this country needs to have a conversation. And, and at the University of Texas, uh, the black student athletes on Friday um, said they would like, you know, well, they demanded some on-campus changes for the university to be more inclusive, including, um, you know, not having them sing the eyes of Texas anymore uh, because of its uh, origins. And, and so the conversations um, are, how would, you, how would you characterize it, Nate, in terms of what needs to happen here for, for peaceful um, progress? First of all, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of those, uh, those athletes, the student athletes. Um, I'll just call them men. I'm proud of those young men because that's, you know, that's, that they're, they're, they're not only, it's a much more comfortable time right now to speak out, to say something, you know, to tweet something, to go even on a, a, a you know, on a, on a march or whatever, hold a sign. It's much more comfortable than it was just even three weeks ago. But to do what they're doing to like, how can I actually identify what is, wrong what needs to be fixed and how can i be a part of that solution like that is huge that's huge leadership that so many people in our country including the highest ranks of politics don't do don't get and uh and, and even you know i see it in hollywood this, this I'm, i'll just riff it right now i'm sorry but that you know that 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 i i take responsibility video and these like videos of all these white saviors you know saying that they're they're doing this and that they, they will speak out and whatever i'm like come on man like, what are you doing? What are you really doing? Because it looks like you're trying to build your brand or something. And that's not what I'm getting from these players. And so I'm proud of that. And I may not, I may not even, I don't even, I've read through that whole list and some of the stuff I wasn't even aware of. Like, I spent four and a half years in that locker room and I never, I never, honestly, I'll be honest, I never once heard any player say anything about the eyes like that. I didn't know that that was even a thing. And it sounds like from some what some other former players were saying that like a lot of the African-American players felt uncomfortable doing that. I wish I would have known. I had no idea because I never heard even a whisper of it. Um, maybe I was deaf to it. It doesn't matter. Uh, the fact that now that I'm reading about the background, uh, it, it's, it's very interesting. And, and we should take a long look at that and, and have a serious conversation about that. And trust me, I am all about tradition. Man. I love college football tradition and like you know, the whole, the whole, the whole thing from, 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 um, from all these schools in the South that I think it's really cool. Like the, the way that college football celebrated, but if any of those things are rooted uh, in an uncomfortable or racist uh, past, we got to fix it. We got to, we, we got to move forward. I'll take my tribe today over 
tradition anytime, you know, and I'm, and I'm sorry if that offends people and hurts people's feelings. And it's like, this is something they clung to for a long time. And it's, I get it. I get it. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. What's more important to me is us all moving forward and, and reuniting as a country. Cause we've been pretty divided for quite a, quite a while. It feels like about a decade now where it feels like we've just been, um, kind of moving to what's comfortable and not listening to people that have different, um, different opinions and feelings about things. And, uh, and that's, that's frustrating. You know, I, that's frustrating as a warfighter, as a, as a, someone in the military. I mean, we, we took that oath to, to defend, uh, as the constitution and everybody underneath, you know, that flag. And so for us to feel so, so divided right now, and, and for us to not even be willing to have these conversations. And as soon as an issue like this comes up, it's like all these play people are just either MF and the players are like a hundred percent. Yeah. Let's tear it all down. Like, let's just have a conversation. Let's be open-minded. Let's follow these players leads. And they're going to sit down. It sounds like with, you know, the administrators and, and athletic directors and all that stuff. That's great. Like, let's just let, let, let it take its course. Just take a second, do your research, do your homework, understand whatever your stance is. You better understand why you're defending it and where you're coming from on that. But uh, this is great. This is what young people should be doing. You know, unfortunately, we're in a time, once again, my opinion, but we got, we got, you know, old white men in their 70s that are, that are, you know, one of those people are going to continue to lead our country moving forward. It's like, it's the young people uh, that we need to step up right now. Everyone complains about millennials, this and that. I mean, this is a great example of, uh, millennials taking charge doing something trying to do something positive and uh, look we got a couple great recruits today i'm going to give the players credit for that because the way they're stepping up they're recruiting for texas right now better than they ever have yeah no it's a it's a great point talking to nate boyer and nate um you know i god bless you and and i appreciate you taking some time for us because i know uh you're getting pulled in a lot of different directions right now um but um have you talked to colin kaepernick recently um, any, no, I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't talked to Colin in a couple of years and it's all good. It was never no reason for that. Good, bad, whatever. He's got a ton of people. I'm sure clawing at him and, you know, he's got a lot going on and, uh, you know, and, and, and honestly, we don't agree on everything and that's all good too. Like there's certain things he's said and done and warned that I don't agree with. I think I personally think voting is very important. You know what I mean? And, uh, uh, you know, some of the, like I said, some of the clothing stuff, like the, that stuff, I just, I didn't think it was the, the best choice, but honestly, I haven't seen him do anything like that in a really, really long time. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I got nothing, nothing but respect, respect for him, what he started as far as like, um, being outspoken as a, as an athlete and sort of going against this whole setup and play, uh, you know, mindset is, is huge and it's important. And I'm not going to say he started, it started. I mean, look at Jackie Robinson, Roberto Clemente, Muhammad Ali. I mean, there's so many players, uh, John Carlos and uh, Tommy Smith, so many athletes throughout history that have done this in American history. Uh, but at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, this is like more recent events recently. He's been sort of the first to kind of step out and do that. Uh, it's so funny to, for me to hear that because like, even when we look at someone like Ted Williams, you know, and what he was, I mean, he, it was, it was ALS, you know, um, or excuse me, uh, Lou Gehrig, sorry. Right. Uh, Lou Gehrig, you know what I mean? Um, I can't even get the name right. So, 
when you look at someone like Lou Gehrig, I mean, that's, that's the opposite of shutting up and playing. That's standing up for something. He wants to, you know, see something like, let's, let's, let's be vulnerable. Let's talk about this. Like I'm, you know, that's a total, that's another example of, of a form of activism, but it's like, people don't want to shoot that down because it's not race related. And it's just, I don't know. It's uh it's pretty insane. But I, to answer your question, no, I haven't talked to Colin in, uh, in a couple of years, but uh, we're on, we're on good terms. There's no, uh, we just have different ways about going about things. And it's the same, essentially a lot of it's the same mission, just being better as a country. Well, Nate, it sounds like, you know, the NFL, just from listening and, and responses and social media, JJ Watt, Baker Mayfield, um, it sounds like, you know, the entire NFL um, maybe kneeling, um, you know, this fall when the season gets going. When, when you see that and, and know, you know, where it came from and the conversation that you had with, with Colin Kaepernick, what, what's, your, what's your feeling and what's your hope? Well, first of all, um, what's really important here is, like, the action taken beyond the gestures, right? And I don't want people to feel we're in this place now, which is a dangerous place to be, where it's like, if you don't take a knee, does that mean you don't support what these, the, the narrative? You know, that you don't support that, that uh, what the, the players that are kneeling? Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. Like, it, it doesn't make you racist to stand. I'm going to keep standing. I'm not going to kneel. And that's okay. Like, that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make me a bad person because I don't want to kneel during the anthem. Like, that's, it's insane that that's now becoming a bit of this narrative. Um, I fully support any player that decides to do that if there's action behind it and if they're not doing it out of a fear or an obligation. But I feel the same way about standing, like, you know, when it comes. I don't want anybody to stand out of obligation. If you feel pride in your country and, uh, you know, you, you, you choose to do that, like, do it. I mean, that's, that you should do that. That's how I feel. Um, there's a lot of people that I, you know, I carried a, one of my best friends in a, in a, in a, uh, in a, in a coffin, in a casket that was draped in an American flag. And like, for that reason, and many others, you know, what we fought for, what we stand for overseas, even, um, for that reason, I will always stand. And, uh, that's just, who, that's the choice I make. Um, and, uh, and it doesn't make you un-American to do that. It doesn't make you, sorry, it doesn't make you un-American to not, to, to kneel. Um, but it also doesn't make you um, a nationalist or a racist or someone that doesn't recognize we're not perfect if you stand. And that's something we have to, we've got to understand. We've got to get past. Like, we're so focused, like I said, on the gestures here and all that. And uh, um, it's so much bigger than that. It's so much more than that. So anyway, that's uh that that's an important thing to look at this year. I mean, uh, you know, there's going to be such a microscope on who's who's kneeling, who's standing, or you know, instead of like the why, the why, the why. I hope that 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 shines through the narrative. Well, uh, I think the work you've done, um, and including your your documentaries, um, are are just. Uh, I'm just really proud of you. First and foremost, I'm proud to know you, um, but. Anything that uh, anything else that you're working on or that's going on that uh, you want Longhorn Nation, um, you know, let them know what you're up to. Yeah, uh, a couple of things real quick. I, I, uh, I co-founded a charity called Merging Vets and Players. It's MVP is what we call it for short. Uh, we're not yet in Austin, but we're in uh, 
so far five cities across the country. We'll be in Seattle soon, San Diego soon, Dallas soon. Um, we bring together combat vets and former professional athletes and help them find purpose and identity uh, once the uniform comes off. And it's pretty cool to see in the midst of all this, so many athletes, veterans step up uh, in roles of leadership and, and use their voice because people listen to them. People respect them um, a good amount. And so I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that community and, and what we've been doing with, with MVP. And then also uh, Waterboys. Uh, Chris Long started this initiative uh, in 2015, and it's bringing clean water to peaceful people of East Africa. And his original goal was 32 wells representing the 32 NFL teams. He brought me on board in 2000 and uh, end of 2015, and we started Conquering Killy. It's an initiative where we bring, once again, former NFL players and uh, combat vets out to Tanzania, and we climb Mount Kilimanjaro together, and we raise money for clean water wells together. And uh, I know he's reached over a million people served uh, in Tanzania uh, through the through the programs, and and uh, it's just a really cool opportunity for us to continue to fight for those who can't fight for themselves, and use our voice and our platform, um, and take action in, in in helping these people that will never have it even an ounce of as good as it is here in the United States. So that's uh, that's conquering Killy, waterboys.org slash Killy and vetsandplayers.org is MVP. Well, Nate, um, listen, really appreciate the time and uh, your perspective because um, it's just, uh, well, it's noble and, um, and it's appreciated. Um, so really, really appreciate the work you've done. Again, appreciate your service for this country. Um, just for the folks at home, I mean, Nate, uh, um, you know, contacted me while he was overseas in the Middle East serving uh, a few years ago because he had gotten in, he had come across my brother-in-law and uh, I'll never forget that. And, you know, no one knows all the, all the, all that you've put in to defending our country and, and uh, really appreciate you, man. And uh, stay safe, keep the faith and, and thanks so much for the time. I will. Thank you very much, Chip. I appreciate you, brother. All right, uh, man. You too. Yeah. Stay well. Okay. Welcome. All right. Please. You got it. You Keep got it. Going. There he is, Nate Boyer, <laughs> um, the one and only. And uh, the flagship podcast rolls on. Always great to hear from Nate Boyer. And we, first of all, thank him so much for his service to our country and for you know fighting for this country so that we have the freedoms and the platforms to speak on issues like students or, and student athletes across the country and athletes and everybody are speaking on right now, you know, if it wasn't for the, the sacrifices that people in the military have made, we wouldn't be able to have these type of freedoms. So first and foremost, we always got to thank, you know, Nate Boyer for his service. And also he had some really interesting things, you know, to say just about not just the kneeling aspect of it, but just his conversations with Colin Kaepernick and how the two of them, you know, they didn't, necessarily agree on everything. However, that just, in my opinion, Chip shows how important it is for us to talk about issues because it's, we can sit here and scream on social media and disagree with everything that everybody says and scream on message boards all we want. However, until we start talking to one another and listening to one another, that's how change is brought about. It is. It absolutely is. And we're going to see that in living color 
on the UT campus as uh, as Jay Hartzell. How about how about Jay Hartzell? <laughs> hey Jay, uh, how would you like to be interim UT president? Fenvis is leaving in June. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, pandemic. Oh, and now um, George Floyd's murder and the the aftermath and and the aftermath taylor is really really fascinating it's powerful it's 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 like nothing i've ever seen i've covered you know college athletics for 30 years um this this feels bigger it feels like 1968 1969 again um where maybe you don't have a muhammad ali who's just eloquent and sort of uh crystallizing um you know civil rights um you know speaking up for his civil rights as it pertained to the vietnam war then but now we're seeing it all over the place in multiple voices on college campuses and none more unified and um in terms of presenting to the the school administrators a list of on-campus changes that they want to see and including replacing the eyes of texas the school song obviously the reaction the immediate reaction was was both hailed by former longhorn uh you know black former longhorn student athletes and rejected universally by um you know the majority of ut alums and fans who who grew up or went to school here singing the eyes of texas and thinking it was a unifying song mm -hmm. and um and I thought our man Bobby Burton, the godfather, said it best. He went to Texas, as you did, Taylor. Um, I went to SMU. Don't hold it against me. Uh, and contrary to what Mac Brown said, I did not cause the death penalty at SMU. Um, you didn't, didn't cause that? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Hell, even Emmanuel Acho has my back on that. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, go Shane Bouchel. But, um, you know, Taylor, it's... Uh, it's it's fascinating. We've never seen student athletes empowered like this. I thought Chuba Hubbard just, you know, calling calling out Mike Gundy, and even in that cheese ball video they made at the end of yesterday that looked as natural and and uh, I don't know empathetic as like a dental appointment for root canal. It showed chuba hubbard and chuba hubbard has continued to say you know don't get it twisted foot still on the gas we're gonna get changes i mean i don't know that we've seen a player and a coach go head to head like that i mean right. chuba hubbard could have gone to the nfl probably would have been a second round pick and and could have a six-figure ch checking account already mm -hmm. he chose to come back to be with Mike Gundy and his teammates because they think they have something special. Right. And now, you know, he's going head to head with that coach. And it doesn't, it doesn't sound at all like a locker room that is uh, on the same page right now. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff going on here on, on these campuses. We talked about Marvin Wilson calling out Mike Norvell. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. And, and I think it has uh, a place. I think it absolutely has a place and it needs to be heard. And we all need to hear it. Two ears, one mouth. And um, 
it's, I don't know, it's, it's powerful. I can just keep saying how important this time is because we're hearing voices that um, we just haven't heard in this way. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that, you know, it is kind of interesting, Chip, that you mentioned that because there was a lot of immediate claims that, oh, there's, there's obviously something much deeper tension in the locker room with Chuba Hubbard and Mike Gundy, but you have to think, why'd he come back? If there was really some long-term type of issue with the situation, he could, he, as you mentioned, he probably would have been a second round pick. He probably would have gotten a go to the NFL draft type of grade from the NFL college advisory committee committee, you know, if he was looking to get out of there, because we've seen players at Texas when Tom Herman, his first season at Texas, you know, there were a lot of players that did not like the, the culture change that they had when Tom Herman came around, they did not get go to the NFL grades and they still were like, peace, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. Right. And so if it was, you know, that's where I want to, I think what we all need to stop doing a little bit is jumping to those conclusions. And I think journalists are very um, suspect of it a lot of times because you automatically think, oh, well, if this is happening, there has to be something deeper. But instead of just jumping to those conclusions, let's try to listen. And I think that also comes with what's going on in society in general. You know, it's, it's not about what we think. It's about hearing the voices of people who have been subject to discrimination and racial discrimination. And it's allowing them a platform so that we can hear them, listen to them and actually make changes. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, it's well said. Um, we need to do a lot of listening um, right now. And, and I guess with that, it's time for me to listen to you <laughs> as we love it or leave it. All right. Well, first, before we do that, Chip, we got to give a shout out real quick to some of our, um, listeners who have head over, headed over to the iTunes channel and given us five-star reviews and ratings. So I want to just read a few of these to oh, yeah. tell your out. friends and enemies, everybody tell your friends yes. and enemies to get over to uh, iTunes to give us a five-star rating. Yes. Just give us a five-star rating. You can say we're terrible. <laughs> just give us the five-star rating. Five stars. That's, that's what want. our bosses want. You can say five-star rating. These two are the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> it's okay. Cause the five-star rating is still there. That's great. We yes, appreciate absolutely. It. So uh, here I wanted to give a shout out to Patrick B 1688. He said, this is a must listen for Texas fans. Love all the guests they've had on lately too. Those exclusive interviews are really strong. So thank you, Patrick B. Um, this one Patty is B. <laughs> VFL 2019. My favorite podcast on Texas sports. Great information. Love the guests and the hosts are entertaining too. So some people do like us. There we go. <laughs> hey, I mean, listen, unintentional comedy, <laughs> intentional comedy. We'll take it. Yes. No matter, no matter how you slice it, no matter what category you put it in. <laughs> and then this one um, from Crispy2000 is great podcast, Chip and Taylor. Keep up the great work on radio podcasts and Horns 24-7. So thank you, guys. TV. We really appreciate those ratings and reviews. Um, and now, without further ado, Chip, let's go to Love It or Leave It. And my first question for you is, love it or leave it, Kennedy Lewis coming back to the team makes a difference at wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going to love this. Um, I mean, Kennedy Lewis is a guy, kind of, kind of a Mustang, if you will, in his redshirt year. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe thought he had a little bit more going on, or at least the coaches didn't want him to think that. They had to kind of rein him in a little bit. Um, attention to detail technique, that kind of thing, but he's got size, he's got speed. And 
Taylor, I wasn't overwhelmed with the receivers I saw getting into games who are going to have a chance uh, this year with some experience to compete. Um, and so, look, Brennan Eagles only caught one pass the year before. He had, uh, you know, the six touchdown catches last year. And don't even get me started about the LSU receivers who all broke out this year with Joe Burrow. I think, you know, Jamar Chase had like 23 catches the year before. So, yeah, guys can emerge and guys can break out. And Kennedy Lewis is one of those guys that I would keep an eye on. Yes, I agree with this. I, I'm going to love it. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the depth as we are, we're talking about, you know, they're replacing Texas is going to be replacing the two or I guess if Brennan Eagles doesn't come back, they're going to have two outside receiver positions to replace in addition to the slot, in addition to however they're going to use some of the other um, weapons that there are there if they go into a four or receiver side or something like that. So I do think that this is obviously good. And with the unknown going on with Brennan Eagles, absolutely. Kennedy Lewis could help. He could be a guy, you know, as long as he emerges the way that he, you know, has the opportunity to another person, you know, Marcus Washington's another one that we haven't really mentioned, but yeah, I definitely think this, this helps. So I'm going to agree with you and I'm going to love that. Um, okay. All right. So the second one, I'm going to go love it or leave it. The two defensive back commitments that Texas got this week in four-star safety, J.D. Coffey, and four-star cornerback, Ishmael Ibrahim. This uh, is the best football news Longhorn fans have heard since the Alamo Bowl. Oh, my gosh, Taylor. Remember the Alamo Bowl? Yeah. When we got to leave town yeah. and go to another city and walk around and not worry about masks and <laughs> sneezes. Seems I mean, like now if someone good. sneezes near you, you want to punch their lights out, right? Yeah. I mean, even if you're like in public wearing a mask, if I like have to clear my throat, I'm like, oh no, people are going to think I'm COVID-19 right. or something. Yeah. I mean, last weekend, this dude sneezed near me without covering up. I'm like, yo, <laughs> what's wrong with you? You trying to knock some people out around here or what? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, yes. So I'm going to love this. Because who doesn't love a couple of four-star defensive backs, including a you know six-foot-plus corner mm -hmm. um, in Ibrahim, who can run and fits exactly what Texas is looking for, and oh by the way, it catapults Texas into the top ten in the recruiting team rankings right now. So right. yes, I'm loving this. Texas fans probably saw these two commitments as a a day at the spa after being, you know, after walking on hot coals for seemingly two months. So that, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to love that. Yeah. See, I'm not going to, this is a great addition in my opinion for Texas. And plus you have to think about, there is a possibility that some of the defensive backs that are going to be starters this season don't return. If they have the years that they could have, you know, guys like Caden Stearns and Jalen green and, B.J. Foster, if they have breakout junior seasons, then they they may be gone after their junior year. So I, I agree that this is important. I just, the one thing I'm kind of like, I feel like some of the best news may have been Texas getting Michigan grad transfer wide receiver Tariq Black. So I may, I'm going to leave this, however, without any disrespect to these players, obviously, because Texas is definitely going to need some guys in the backfield uh, the defensive backfield, you know, uh, moving forward, especially if 
the ones that they have returning to the team this year have the type of seasons that they are projected to have. And I like your, I like your uh, Tariq Black um, nomination because if he ends up being an impact guy and look, Tom Herman and, and well, Tom Herman and graduate transfers have been lights out. Yes. I mean, from Caleb Smith, the long snapper who came in from Oklahoma state in year one to Calvin Anderson at, at tackle Parker Braun, um, you know, it's Trey Watson, Trey Watson, whoo, Trey Watson. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah, for sure. And, and the one thing too, with, uh, Tariq black, you know, he hasn't, he didn't really get a ton of opportunity at Michigan. He was injured some. And then, you know, I just think that it may not have been the best fit for him, but he was a very highly touted receiver as a recruit coming out of high school. So I definitely think he, if he develops the way that they expected him to as a recruit, I think this could be big for Texas. And he's um, that big, he's that big body receiver they need. Yes. Yeah, for sure. After losing Colin. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, Chip, love it or leave it. The eyes of Texas is going into retirement. Wow. Along this with is your a, dad at the retirement center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, he, the eyes of Texas can room with my dad. I think he's <laughs> lonely. Um, he, and he loves music. Oh my gosh. He loves music. Um, Taylor, this, this was a wow, um, obviously. And it's been a wow for UT fans, many of whom lit up my phone as if I was on the board of regents or something to tell me that that's it. If, if the eyes are, are impacted by this, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And look, everyone's fed up. Everyone's losing their mind in this pandemic. That's that's one thing we all know. I mean, it's just a fact. So everybody, I always say, count to 10. You know, this is a count to 10 time in our lives because we're all fried. We're all strung out on the pandemic. And now with, you know, the, the social conscience conversation going on in our country, Hopefully people are standing up for their neighbor and, and speaking out to other neighbors who may not still get it. Mm-hmm. So it's tiring. It's exhausting. We all want good, fun news. Isn't this when we're supposed to be taking some summer vacation, all of us? And now those plans are up all crazy. And so I just say, okay, let's take a minute. Let's take a minute. And I, and I applaud Jay Hartzell, the UT interim president, for saying, hey, I'm going to gather all the information. I want to have conversations, and then we'll create a plan to um, fully support our, our black students at, at Texas. Spoken like a true, smart businessman, Jay Hartzell, the former dean of the Macomb School of Business, and by all accounts, just a rock-solid, unflappable guy. Taylor, he can earn this job. Uh, permanently, he can call off the search firm if he can handle this situation and the pandemic uh, and get us into the 2021 school year. I mean, they're going to say, forget, you know, Corn Ferry and paying 300000 for a search firm to go talk to some guy at Oxford. We're going with Jay Hartzell, baby. This guy is of Texas, knows Texas. And so we'll see. We'll see how he handles it. But um, I thought it was the right answer. And of course, Chris Del Conte responded immediately. On Friday, saying, I look forward, always welcome a meaningful conversation, look forward to it. So, 
I know that's part of what's happening this week, and and I'm rambling on and on, but also the former um, Longhorns who've been tweeting out all day today the We Are One pledge in support of all the current um, you know student athletes in the stands that they're taking and um, white and black former athletes alike. So it's um, it, it's there's a lot of powerful things happening here. I'm going to love the fact that the eyes are going to get retired because I do believe at the end of the day, um, if, if part of your community is in distress about this, then it's not a unifying song. Right. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, the, the eyes of Texas, you know, I went to the university of Texas. I had never heard of any racist origins of it. So, you know, hearing about this now was a, a big surprise to me. Um, however, it's supposed to be a song that brings people together, not one that divides them. And if it's divisive right now among students and student athletes too, first of all, you can't make them, you can't force them to do it. You know, I mean, if, if Texas doesn't want to do away with it, I have no problem with the student athletes not participating in it. Um, however, I do think that, you know, the, a school song is supposed to bring people together and not tear them apart. And if this is something that is tearing them apart, then it should go into retirement. And, you know, we have to realize that a lot of these things that had happened on college campuses happened hundreds of years ago. A lot of times when black people were not allowed to be on those college campuses. So a lot of the traditions are not in, you know, considering a lot of a lot of college traditions across the country are not considerate of the black community a lot. So if this is one of those and, you know, it's. It, what, do, what are you going to lose by not having the eyes of Texas? You know what I mean? It's just kind of one of those, it, not that it's not trying to say it, it didn't have important meaning for some students at some point, but at some, you know, if it's, if it's breaking people apart, let's just do away with it, in my opinion. Right. And you have Texas fight. You can play Texas yeah. fight before games. You can play that after games. Right. And um, it tends to move a little faster. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> All right, Taylor, what else we got? All right, Chip. So here's a little curveball one. Love it or leave it. You, Chip Brown, are the last, is the last person to watch Breaking Bad. You know what? I probably am the last person <laughs> to watch Breaking Bad. I'm not even sure when this series came to an end. But let me tell you something. All you people who loved Breaking Bad, I'm living that right now. <laughs> and so I'm having the time of my life every night before I go to bed, I watch an episode and I can't wait till the next night. Yeah. So it's been unbelievable in this pandemic. I'm, I'm finally on season five. I can't stop watching it. It's unbelievable. I want to know everything about Vince Gilligan, the guy who wrote it. I want to know, you know, how he put it together because now you're seeing shows like Ozark that kind of, kind of pattern a little bit after Breaking right. Bad. And it's just fantastic. I'm loving that, Taylor. <laughs> I'm going to leave it because I think my like 70 year old parents probably haven't watched Breaking Bad. So you're not okay. the last person. On Fair enough. <laughs> but Fair no, enough. That, was, that was definitely a good show for sure. Well, we I learned last week you have not seen Star Wars. Yes. I've Did not you go ahead and watch that this week? No. <laughs> oh, that's done? <laughs> no. Okay, you're going to have to wait till you watch it with your kids then. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I, I might. I don't know. I have to be really bored to sit through like a three-hour movie. It's I mean, really haven't cool. you seen like every Disney movie? Didn't I read that somewhere? Like, you know every Disney movie by heart, but you, you just... <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up going to like Disneyland like every week because I true. grew up so close to Disneyland. Southern California. So. Yeah. So that was a little different. But no, yeah, with Star Wars, I don't know. I just, it's hard. I Like, my ADD just makes it to where I'm like... If you have to make me sit down for like longer than two hours, it's just a lost cause a lot of times. Oh my gosh. Star Wars, the original, goes moves fast. I mean, it opens with like this giant firefight. So isn't it like three hours long or longer than that? Oh, those are the middle ones. Okay. Just go back to the original three, which I think are like four, five, and six in the whole sequence. But you know, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of Jedi. Just watch those three and call it a day. And you'll be good. Okay. We'll Has see. your husband seen them? Oh, yeah. He's seen, like, every single one from, okay. like, original to all of the new ones. And when one of them came out, he was like, oh, should we go see it? And I was like, I haven't seen any of them. I'm not going to go see one of the newest ones. Like, go with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hysterical. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, what do you say, Taylor? What do you say? Love it or leave it. The eyes of Texas are going to the retirement community with my dad. I mean, I love it. You know, I like I think that it's it, like I said, like if it's something that divides people, then let's not do it. You know, so I think that that should be the case if if there are, you know, very specific racial undertones of it. And we know that it was introduced in the early 1900s in a minstrel theater and there were people in blackface that introduced the song for the first time. So that alone is a racial undertone, you know? So I think that, you know, we have to learn from our history and that's something that's an embarrassment. I think in United States history is anything with blackface and minstrel theater type of performances. Cause all that does is literally make fun of and mock and make a mockery of people based off of their skin color. And that's a huge problem in my opinion. So I'm, I'm good with it going away. All right. And then finally, what, uh, give the folks a TV recommendation, maybe that they've haven't already seen like breaking bad. Um, (laughs) you gotta love it or leave it show you're watching right now. Uh, I'm like almost ashamed to admit it, but I've always been a fan of the Jersey Shore and they've done like the reboot of the Jersey Shore. So oh, how's Thursdays, that going? Oh, it's good. Thursdays in my house are Jersey's. <laughs> so that's what I watch. Now, are you watching the challenge on Wednesdays on no, MTV? No, what's, I'm not sure what that is. Oh my gosh. This is the road rules. Those are still um, going on. Oh yeah. It's called no. the challenge now. Yeah. There, there are people who've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. Cause I, I used to watch that when I was like in high school. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's so for me, I don't, I don't have survivor right now. So (laughs) I've had to go over to the challenge. I don't have big brother. I I, I'm so yeah, I'm scraping. Yeah. I don't watch a ton of TV shows when I do. A lot of times they're ones that you're like, just like mind numbing, like Jersey shore, where I kind of like some of those real housewives shows just because fun trash. My mom used to call it. Yes, exactly. Fun trash. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm always sitting there talking about sports. Sometimes it's fun to just like really tune it all off and watch some crazy middle-aged women just scream at each other in the middle of a restaurant. Like that's like normal. It's like, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) Vanderpump Rules is another one I do like too. (laughs) Oh yeah. And they're in all kinds of trouble. People getting fired from that show left and right. Yeah. Um, 
Taylor, great stuff as always. Want to give a big special thanks to um, our man Nate Boyer. And wow, what a what a role model, what a guy to look up to. Uh, and if you ask him about his service, he won't tell you because that's part of special operations, special forces. But just know, uh, as I mentioned to him, he contacted me in, from the Middle East during an operation just to tell me that my uh, brother-in-law, he'd come in contact with him and he was doing well. I will never forget that as long as I live. It came out of nowhere. Nate Boyer thinking of, of me yeah. in the middle of an operation where his life's on the line. And um, the guy is special. He's a yeah. special, special guy. And uh, we really appreciate him taking some time because he's been on just about every uh, show in the country talking about this. And it's, it's really taken over his life too, uh, to a degree. I mean, and he keeps answering questions about it. I, I almost said to him, Nate, I'm hearing more from you than I've heard from Colin Kaepernick yeah. over the last three years. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so kudos to Nate for continuing to answer the questions and, and say what he thinks is important. And, and Taylor, the way things are going, we're going to have a, a loaded show for next week as well. Um, don't forget to get over to iTunes. Um, give us a five-star rating. Even if you don't like us, it's okay. And, um, and then, you know, go to the 24 seven sports YouTube channel, subscribe so that we're always popping up on your screen when you least expect it. <laughs> you know, um, Chip, I forgot to tell a funny story real quick about uh, Nate Boyer. So the first time, and I think listeners will really enjoy this, the first time that Nate Boyer was introduced to the Austin media was um, before September 11th. I believe it was in 2011 or 12, I think it was. And um, they brought out Mason Walters, who was his roommate, and former offensive lineman at Texas. And somebody had asked Mason, like, have you ever asked Nate what the, you know, the operation he was on that led to him getting the bronze star? And he said, yeah, you know, as roommates, I've kind of over beers one night had the conversation like, so what was it? And Nate was like, dude, I know this sounds weird, but if I tell you, I'll have to kill you. <laughs> and I thought that was something that's like, like, it was like so like random. It's like, oh, wow. Like, that's a very specific mission then that he you know um did accomplish G 14 classified yes so awesome to you know have him join the show for sure yeah uh, great guy um and thank you all and uh by gosh stay safe and keep the faith for taylor estes i am chip brown until next time right here on the horns 247 flagship podcast we'll see you we'll see you soon be safe keep the faith talk to you next week